Welcome to another episode of Global U Talks, where college-age entrepreneurs travel the world and interview experts in technology, entrepreneurship, and the kingdom way of life. This is Tyler Young, your host, and today we have Andrew Shearman. Andrew Shearman is the founder of the G42 Leadership Academy. Andrew has nearly 50 years of prophetic teaching and ministry experience in dozens of nations around the world. His focus is on impartation, not information. Join us as Seth Barnes, founder of Global U and Adventures and Missions, interviews Andrew Shearman. I hope you enjoy. The Lord still reigns. That's all I know. Yeah, the enemy has had his play. What, what do you think is the Lord's play? What is, how is God moving in this time? He's realigning everything. He's making this realign our priorities. He's, he's showing us there's not very many important things in life. And he's stripping us down to, to an appreciation of simpler things like family, conversation, loving each other, community. These are beautiful things. And I think it's taken, it's like, we were, it's like you, were, you were discussing it the other day in uh, you know, the hero generation. Something like this has to happen to waken people up to their community responsibilities. It's a massive, massive message to the church that you don't have to keep dumb services going to pay the mortgage. You need to get in community and take care of each other, love your neighbor. So I think, I think that the whole world is realigning. And I think, I mean, economically, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? The kids sitting there are going to be faced with at least a, another three, four, five, six trillion dollar debt. So yeah. it's a shocking thing that is, but I do think I do think everybody's realigning what they think is important in life. And, and some people who actually never ever find a purpose will begin to wonder why, why it is the game at the end of the week really the, the, really the purpose of my life now that you can't have it. But we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up to our responsibilities. So what are those? What are those, Andrew? Love our neighbors, ourselves. Take care of the poor and the needy. You know, Mo and I, as you know, we're both, we're both 75 years old and we feel as though we've got to look after old people. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we better go, so we're helping our old neighbors. <laughs> I think that's it. We got it, you know, you can't piddle around in the shallows of life. You can't just go for self-satisfaction. You've got to look for you've got to look for the the needs of, of others more at least as much for the needs of yourself and, and 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 then obviously the fact that we've got a great message of hope and life to share that's what we should be sharing all over the place and our lives should reflect that so our lives should not be dominated by fear and panic but by our trust in the Lord and uh, no matter what, no matter what the circumstances, we'll be teaching G42, no matter what the circumstances, which are dire, no matter what the emotions are, which are commonly awful, those are all wilderness cities that we have to leave in order to get yeah. to the destiny and the purpose of our lives. So we cannot be dominated by, by circumstances or emotions. So how do you how do you lead yourself in a time like this, Andrew? You're looking. A lot of people are looking to you for hope. A lot of people are looking to you for what to do now. How do I 
live in a new world. So I, does it begin with you? Do, do you begin leading yourself first? You have to, of course. You've got to lead yourself first at the end of the day, because if you don't, if you know, if you're not healthy, you're not. You can't bring health to other people. If you are empty, you've got nothing to give away. And so clearly, without it's not it's, it, it's not a, set, a, a sense of self-importance. It's a question of of health. See, I think we've often concentrated on growth at the expense of health. Yeah, we've said we've got to grow, grow, grow. No, we, we, all you've got to do is stay healthy. Healthy things grow. You don't yell and scream at a baby to grow, grow, grow. You feed it well, you clean it up, you, and you make sure it's loved well. And I think that's what our responsibilities are in this world, that we've got to keep ourselves free from infection, spiritual infections, bitternesses, anger, resentment, angry at God, unforgiveness, all of those things. Keep ourselves free from jealousy and anger. Those are all infections. Keep ourselves well-fed which means it's a really good idea to read your Bible every day. Really good idea. And pray. And as you know, I speak in tongues regularly. If I, if I feel a little fear creeping off of me, you're 75 years old, da, 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 I just speak in tongues. If I feel as though, you know, I might, there's a possibility of getting a fever, I just call on the name of the Lord. So the point is you maintain your personal disciplines and then you've got something to say to people. And they feel it. They know, they know that you've got something in you that they actually would like. So personal disciplines are the basic key. Keep free from infection, stay well-fed, well-fed on spiritual things, well-fed on community, well-fed on fellowship, well-fed on honesty and truth with each other. And, and then love, being loved and loving back. That's love is, the, love is what we do. And then, then you'll grow. You can't help but grow because you're healthy and you'll help others grow. And if we don't give people hope, you know, the Bible, the Bible says that God's a God of hope. It never says he's the God of faith. It's a God of hope. So we give God, we give them a God of hope. With God, there's always hope, a hope in a future. So it starts and ends at the, it really, I mean, at the moment, I can't do anything else but, but FaceTime people or, you know, stream stuff online i can't meet anybody i'm not allowed to meet anybody so whatever we do it starts and ends with your personal walk and life with god and Man, what is what is our what is our dream what does a church look like that is following god and is different than the church we've been given We've got a materialistic bunch of churches. God bless them. I'm not, I'm not being overcritical of the church. People are finding Christ and people are doing missions work. I'm not knocking it, but I think we've lost our perspectives. We have invested in, in rigid belief systems. I think we've invested in uh, $100 million buildings and all the rest of it. We've, we've prioritized fame and uh, big personalities. And we've forgotten that it's the body of Christ that does the work. And each one of us, each one of us functioning, we've lost a sense of real community, vulnerability and honesty with each other. That's why Christian families have at least as high divorce rate as anybody else, which is a disgrace. And, and so I think the church is getting a massive wake up call. We've lost our first love and uh, we're being drawn back to our first basic love that Jesus Christ loved us and gave himself for us. 
he broke into our world and taught us that we were born to be loved. And, and basically that's a message which we have completely forgotten in our scramble for numbers and figures and big offerings, especially in the Western world, especially in America, Britain and the, and the more successful, so-called successful economies. We have become materialistic and lost our first love. And we've forgotten basic things like vulnerability, honesty, community, taking care of one another. So if we don't, if we, if people don't wake up now to their responsibilities as Christians, God help us. So when you look at the, the church, you think that churches of the future will be smaller, more intimate, more connection? Well, I think honestly, Seth, we go back to what we dreamed about all those years ago. You know, we dream about what we talked about, the C's, we talked about the things, you know, we started with, we can make it, we can cut it down to three C's really. We start with community, a group of people like Global U, loving each other, taking care of each other, helping each other to understand difficult things, uh, supporting each other in emotional crises, that's a community. Learning to pray together, learning to beat the devil together, all of those things that a small group of people around the table can do. So it starts with that little, almost a self and then community thing, small number. And then it should go to a congregation, say, so what we dreamed about, man, if we dreamed about it should go, then those things should multiply organically as healthy things grow. And then in a, in a, a town or in a big city, you could have, you know, hundreds of them. And then once every month, once every six weeks or whatever, who cares? You know, you'd have, you'd bring, you'd, you'd have a congregation where 10 or 15 of those cells would come together and there'd be two or 300 people where you'd get a sense you belong to something bigger. Young men can meet young women of the same tribe, which is always a good idea too, because, you know, you want to get married and all the rest of it. And, but you bring the teachers in and you, and you bring apostles doctrine. And so you don't just have fellowship, but you teach and you do some and it inspires evangelism. And let's say once a, every six months, all those congregations in the state or a big, big city, we come together and have a knockdown drag out celebration and barbecue for a weekend in a, in a stadium or something and thousands would show up and would really, would really lift the spirits of, of uh, domination and evil spirits off a city by. That's my, that would be my dream, but it all starts with a small group of people. And it goes, and it should grow as life grows. Now, I, I honestly want to see it with, with my own eyes before I pass. But I, wanted, I want the young people in that room with the guys, I want them to get that dream and vision too, so that, that they'd have something really good to aim for. But it starts with an honest, vulnerable, totally loving community supporting each other and uh, standing together. Then you move into a bigger area, Apostles' Doctrine, then you move into a bigger area of celebration. So you've got, if you like, you've got cell, community, congregation, and celebration. That's, that, that would be for me. Because, you know, you look at a church like Antioch in, in Syria, when Paul was there, they say it had about a third of the city in it. It grew to, it grew, and, and Antioch was one of the biggest, I think it was in the top three cities in the world at the time because it was on the crossroads of the east to west silk road the trade routes from east to west the silk road and it was on the on the north south corridor up from africa into europe so it was that it was at that point that antioch and they 
the church apparently historically is seen was believed to have about half a uh, third of the city in it so there's nothing wrong with having a mega 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 number of people but then they also live together in communities and and so on so i'm not against big but it starts and it start the lifeblood is in the small um I'm going to turn it over to the class to ask you questions, Andrew. It's and good to see your. It's good to see your face. Yeah, I wish we uh, were together. This is me too. Makes me sad. It makes me sad about all this isolation. And at some point, it'd be great for them to hear, you know, the idea of raising up leaders, and how that's also always been on your heart. So absolutely, um, yeah. I will, I will, I will turn it over to the class to ask you questions here. No problem. Nice Love to see you. you too, bud. Okay, I have a question. So, what? So you said like the lifeblood is in these small communities. Yeah. How do you? But like our tendency is always go bigger, right? Into like a less personalized. So how do we stay in those small communities? Like those small ones coming together. No. Bigger, but how do we make sure that we keep that like small connection? Well, it's intimacy, and the truth is it's not addition. That's what I was going to tell you. It's not addition because uh, it's multiplication, and you've got, you, you guys are smart enough to figure that equation out. Good Lord. If you just add, you just make something bigger and bigger and bigger and get fatter and fatter and fatter. You get less and less mobile, and you become more and more self-centered. But if you multiply, for example, I, this is one of the reasons I, we do what we do here in terms of leadership, where leaders are not supposed to lead, 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 and everybody else just follow, follow, follow. Leaders are supposed to reproduce leaders. Apostles are supposed to reproduce apostles and so on. Evangelists are not supposed to just evangelize. They're supposed to train evangelists so that then you can give the authority where you multiply authority rather than try and keep it to yourself so and that's what happens because what's what we've got in the western churches is, is these incredibly impressive buildings and, and 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 congregations they're all smart and beautiful and very attractive but you've got this big shot at the top who basically runs the show and instead of giving his authority away so the small groups are where you develop where you find the leaderships where you then begin to empower people holy spirit is holy spirit has but he's got many characteristics we've got two main characteristics one is exousia right which is the right to do something the authority to do something the other word is the dynamis the dynamite the power of holy spirit so when you've got power of holy spirit together with the authority of holy spirit then you've got holy spirit but what we tend to do is to try and get power into people, but don't empower, but don't give them the authority to do it. My best example, you're all Americans, and I've had to learn this, because I'm an American now too, by the way. But American football, there's one guy, now you have to help me here, because I can't remember. There's one guy on the, on the pitch who has, does he have a white cap on? Is he the boss guy? But all around, all around, I think, I think there's either five or six other guys that are helping him, right? Yes. Who, who actually make the call for him and tell him what, what the offense was or whatever it was, right? The head referee, he's got the authority. By empowering other referees around the pitch, did he increase his authority or did he diminish it? He increased it. In he way. increased it. 
He increased it by giving it away. So our job in multiplication is not addition, it's multiplication. And that's the lifeblood. That's where the lifeblood flows. In a group like yours, you discover who you are, you discover as leaders, and then you, those of you that can lead and those of you that join together with that leader, you go and start whatever you're supposed to start. And you're suddenly multiplied global you about eight times. Yes, That's sir, how it works. Much. Yes, thank you so much. Pleasure. Andrew, <clears throat> I have one, but in initially like creating that community, I feel like we get a lot of direction, but when it comes to a community hitting capacity for vulnerability and it needs to grow and people need to go different directions, do you have any wisdom on how to do that well, if it's not within a program, but it's just in relationship living in a- Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, that's probably the hardest part of the, of the multiplication process, to be honest, because we love what we love. I mean, <laughs> we're, all, we're all creatures of habit to some extent. And, you know, and, but obviously people have deeper level relationships with some people than others. But like a group of 10, 10 12, 15-ish people over a period of time really get to know each other and they go and then they're going to miss each other but then but that's the process of life cells are split don't they so that they the body can grow and uh, but we're not splitting in a bad way we're forming and reproducing so you look for a leader that's got without leadership you're not see leadership is not domination leadership is empowering others <laughs> which is We've lost sight of that. We think leadership is being dynamic yourself. And I'm the leader. Boys, follow me. I got it, man. And, and off we go. But leadership, true leadership is empowering other people to lead as much as they can lead. Because everybody leads something if it's only themselves or, you know, a family. I mean, you're all leading something. So you've got to learn the principles of giving your life away. But clearly in the body of Christ, there are people that have a gift of leadership they should all lovingly get together and work out and say you get to 15, 20 and you, you're beginning to lose that intimacy because you do, you just do it just like, then there should be, there should be a leader or a, 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 who gently says, you know what, and you all agree together. And well, who, who really want to go along with, uh, you know, Michael or whatever he's called or, or Angela, could be a man or a woman, doesn't matter. And, and they say, well, we feel as though we could be called and do that because they live in a different part of town or, you know, they're going to move to a different part of town, things like that. But I'll have to say it's a good question because people don't like change. <laughs> they just don't. But that's the way it's going to multiply because otherwise it will grow and grow and grow within itself and you'll add and add and add and add and then you'll just have one expression in, in the part of town rather than multiplying so that way you multiply leaders you multiply fact the fact that everybody in the body has a responsibility to produce life and that which every joint supplies so when it gets too big people can sit silent and idle and still be you know involved but they're actually doing nothing so it needs to be small enough to involve everybody uh, and big enough to to multiply i wouldn't say splits the wrong word but to multiply and leadership and eldering is part of that. I mean, you know, eldering is a big deal of that where you've got elders advising and there should be guys like Seth and perhaps myself and Gary and the other guys that you've got mentoring you. 
who are spiritual enough and got experience enough to help you and help guide you through it. But that is necessary. That is my dream that we get. We have these communities multiplying all over the place. And, you know, in business too, it's the same thing. Keep multiplying. I hope that helps. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> that's, that's really good. I know that's something that the time and season that I'm in right now that I know that all the students will end up facing is like, what does that look like as you move from group to group? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And, and how, how do you handle that really well? And I think one thing that you've told me that has been most impactful is how you end a season is how you start the yeah. day. Yes, um, how you leave something is how you enter something. If you leave badly, you enter badly. So don't leave badly. Leave well, leave, leave with community, leave with unity, leave with Holy Spirit. This is the time we're the people. God's in this. Let's bless each other. And then you can still get together for a, a game at a weekend every month or something. Right. I mean, just get together for a barbecue in the park and all keep those friendships going. Plus today with technology, everybody can be with everybody for part of a week. But yes, you're right. Don't leave badly. Whatever it is, don't leave anything badly. Leave as well as you can possibly leave. leave. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any more questions? Yeah, I have a question. So, Andrew, by next year, if this virus starts slowing down and, and maybe even dies off, where do you see the church being in America? Well, it's partly what we've been talking about, son. It's the, it's the, every, it's the every member contributing, which doesn't happen. You know that doesn't happen. You sit in a church of 5,000 people. And as I've already said, there's nothing wrong with that as long as there's community going on, the hundreds and hundreds of communities going on around the place. I don't mind a mega congregation celebration, but you're going to have to, you would, it would mean that every member of the body of Christ would feel an obligation to be activated because they've now got responsibility. What is that responsibility? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, and that is actually being stirred in society. For example, in Britain, in the last seven days, the government put out an appeal for, for people, obviously ex-doctors and ex-nurses that have either retired or moved on to another career, and, and volunteers to be able to step in and relieve the pressure on the National Health Service. And they asked for 250,000 volunteers. In six days, they got 750,000 people volunteering, which means that people are wanting to be involved, wanting to do something. And the church just flat out needs to wake up that it's got responsibilities. And it's not about you being having a nice little life and going to heaven. It's about bringing God's joy and power and love and everything else to the earth. Everybody, not just the guy on the platform with this gleaming smile and the telegenic looks, it's, it's, it's the guy in the back row who should be learning. He's already a daddy. should be eldering a group of young bucks like you and helping you and guiding you into maturity and love. So I think activation, waking up and activation. And that means then following on from that, everybody, if they're going to be activated, are going to have to be intimate with God because you've got to have something to say. You've got to have something to give away. So you better, you better find out how to stay full yourself because people are going to want something. So it would be a beautiful thing, instead of having about three big shots, really impressive, gifted people in a church of, let's say, a thousand people, you've got 980 of them who are active. Wouldn't that be brilliant? And then of those 980, you'd probably have about 100 
missional communities in every part of town taking care of their neighbors that's good that's what what i believe re-evaluating our priorities that's the point awesome well thank you we want to honor your time well andrew we really appreciate it so much to be able to give your life away and all of these calls and to be able to pour into us even from the distance it really means a lot um, to me and i know to every one of the rest of us here bless your heart let me pray for you yeah, thank you okay raise your hands put your hands out everybody come on get in there get now just receive something from the holy spirit holy spirit doesn't know anything about boundaries or oceans or time and space he, he can be there as well as is here so father in jesus name I thank you for these beautiful young people who are studying hard to be able to leverage every skill set and everything, every gift you've given them, not for their own, just for their own well-being, but for the well-being of the world and for the extension of the kingdom of God that we may actually bring heaven to earth in every possible way. Now, Father, as they continue in their journey, their studies, which is now interrupted, I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide them as they begin to come to the end of their first year of training. Will you please give them wisdom and guidance as to how to proceed in the near and medium term future and keep them all healthy, keep them all strong in mind and body and soul and heart. And I pray you'll bring, help every one of us to be bringers of joy and hope to a panic-stricken world. We ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all, guys. Lovely to talk to you. Anytime, Andrew. Guys, anytime, just give me a bell. Thank you, Andrew. Take care. See you soon, I hope. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Global U Talks. If you enjoyed this episode or think a friend might enjoy it, go ahead and share it with them. Also, be sure to drop a review or hit the like button on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite listening app. It goes a long way to help us out. And if you're interested in reading the transcript, head on over to theglobalu.org slash talks, where you will find the transcript of every episode, as well as the opportunity to join in on the conversation live. You can join our live episodes every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. You'll be able to ask questions, meet the community, and talk with the host. I hope to see you there.